0: Welcome to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be starting a new Sefer and Parshas Dvorim. Today is Dvorim Rishon, the first Aliyah in Parshas Dvorim. What we do every day is we take a look at the Aliyah, look at an overview, and spend some time on a few points to ponder. So let's jump straight in. Our first Aliyah is 11 psukim long, running from Parik Aleph, Pasuk Aleph to Yud Aleph. The main idea of our Aliyah is the history of and the, com- uh, the promise at Chorev, which is another name for Sinai. Let's take a look at the brief summary, and then some points to ponder. So we hear that the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's speech is to the children of Israel on Arvos Moav, these the steps of Moav, which is next to the Jordan River, in the desert facing Suf between Paran and Tophel, Lavan, Chaseros, and Di Zahav, 11 days from Chorev. These all complicated names, we'll get to them in just a moment. Moshe started his speech on the first day of the 11th month, that's what we call Rosh Chodesh Shvat today. Um, after he killed Sihon and Og, the Amorite kings, the kings of um, the, the Transjordan nations. Um, and Moshe then started explaining the Torah about Er HaTev, very clearly explained. He explained that at Chorev, at Sinai, Hashem told them it was time to leave the mountain. And he He told them to turn towards the... Mountain of the Amorites and they would move from the south all the way to the Euphrates now to conquer the land of Israel. Hashem told them that this was the land that was given and sworn to the Patriarchs to Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, at which time Mosh Rabbeinu then interjects that he cannot lead the nation alone. Loyuchalovadi says, I cannot carry this nation all by himself by myself. And he, he goes on to say how Hashem has made this nation so great as the stars and um, as plenty, and he will increase the numbers of Eschem, Hashem Hashem will increase you as was promised. So Moshe Ben seems to interject as Hashem's telling him to leave Sinai, then Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that I cannot be the singular leader. We have to work out why this is being said now. So a few basics that we need to try to understand. What is the point of this entire speech? So we know that Moshe ben is going to be speaking for just over 30 days in the last po- po- period in his life. He's starting from Rosh Chodesh He's going to pass away on the 7th of Adar. So it's a 36 days speech. And this is going to be a very important speech. So what is the point of it? So Rashi says it starts off with rebuke of Israel. And this explains a few things. That explains, number one, why it is, uh, it is to all of Israel. So no one else outside can say, oh, well, Moshavani was speaking to those guys. Those guys really needed that or schmooze. But the rest of us, we're all right. So that's number one. Another, reason, another thing that this explains is why it is on his deathbed, because he felt that it was best to give the things that he needed to say in rebuke now, because people would be more open to it. And number two, he wouldn't have to repeat himself numerous times throughout his life and be disappointed by the fact that people were not listening to his basic moral, ethical will. And finally, and this also explains why it is after conquering the, the lands of Sihon and Og to show that this is not out of his, we'll call it negativity, that he conquered into the land of Israel. So now he's telling people what he thinks because of negativity. No, he has the capacity to conquer the lands of Sichon and Og, and he is very willing to do the rest, but he's not allowed to, so he, now he's going to give his death speech essentially. Rashi Rashi points out that there is an agenda over here as well, not only rebuke, but ba'er es ha-toirah ha to explain this Torah. Rashi explains, quoting the Mejishchan Choma, in 70 languages, a large segment of Devarim is explaining and organizing the Torah. The Ramban, Nachmanides, in his introduction to the Sefer, deepens this a little bit. He says if you look at the Sefer, you'll see a number of things which are repeated from the four books of the Torah, you'll see a number of things which are added from that are not in the previous four books of the Torah explicitly, and you'll see things which were there in the previous four books of the Torah and are not mentioned here. So how do we square this? So the Ramban says everything that is said in, in Devarim in Sefer Devarim was taught beforehand. Even mitzvahs like, as an example, Shiloh Hakain, um, the mitzvah of Gerushin, of or well, the operations of divorce, the idea of Yibum. These are things which only appear in Sefer Devarim. The Ramban tries to see how they fall back into ideas already in the four books. Previously, But nonetheless, everything is already taught, but they're being reiterated over here, either in greater detail or because these are relevant to the society that is about to be created, the Ramban explains. The Ramban also points out that there are no mitzvahs which are related to the Kohanim. So all the types of things we hear about in Sefer Vayikra, the Korbanos, the sacrifices, the meal offerings, the libations, those things we're not going to be hearing about in Sefer Devarim because the Kohanim are Zrizimheim. The Kohanim are people who do not need to be reminded of about these particular issues, which is why they're not included in the Sefer as well. It's worthwhile noting that Netiv N- N- points out in his introduction to the Sefer that this book is called Mishne Torah. The mission in the word Mishne actually has two meanings. Netiv points out: one is repetition, like the Rambad was saying; the other one is Mishne, which means learning. And that means to say the shinun the depth of understanding which is being presented in this book he quotes the medrash which says that Yosher would often be found looking at mishnah torah this last book of the torah and yoshua would use this as a guiding principle to his life and then it concludes by saying if yoshua who is the greatest leader who is a student of moshe could look at say for the mishnah torah in order to find the way to live and lead his life then surely we can find much in it ourselves now what are all these funny names at the beginning of the Sefer? I mean, it doesn't sound like they're all a place because there's so many of them. So Rashi explains that they're actually innuendos. They're really supposed to be code words for Israel to notice and remember certain things that happened at these places or these ideas, these metaphors, so that they would remember and take notes. So as an example, he explains when it says, by Midbar, they went to the desert. They're actually on the steps of Moab at this point in time. That's not a desert. So when he says, by Midbar, it doesn't mean that they were there, but it's referring to when Israel first left the, the Sea of Reh, and they started complaining that they should return to Egypt. When it says Ba'aravat, it refers to the son of baal Peor in the arav o When it says Mumsuf, facing Suf, that's when the Jews first arrived, the Hebrews arrived at Yamsuf at the Sea of Reeds and wishing they had not left Egypt. Ben-Tofel uh, Ben, Paran, uh, ben refers to the Miraglim in, mid, in the desert of Paran. La, um, Lavan refers to the manna, which is white, which I complained about it. The manna was right. And Chatzai refers to the episode of Korach. And Dizahav, of course, to Egel Hazar let's move on to another question what is this business with 11 days 11 days from Har sinai so russia explains that's the amount of time it would have taken them to travel from sinai into the land of israel and yet hashem made that an expedited journey which was only took them three days they were really on the cusp of entering the land of israel before they sinned and complained and that sort of delayed things as well another question why why does moshe say he cannot deal with them and nothing seems to have happened yet. Now, what, what triggered Moshe Rabbeinu saying, Lo say seschem, I cannot bear you. So Rashi explains that the leader of the Israelites takes a tremendous responsibility for the sins uh, that, that relates to judgment. Moshe Rabbeinu was the judge, and he knew that if he did not judge correctly, or he, he made an improper decision, that he bore the responsibility, and he was saying that as a judge he felt that that level of responsibility was too much. Ramban explains that this, therefore, is the introduction to the suggestion made by his father-in-law, Yisra, which was introducing, um, a a hierarchy, bureaucracy into the judgment system that he himself was not the only person judging. We're going to hear about this more in the, the next Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.